this whole show was made because Jamie Foxx's daughter didn't come home from school on time one day. Okay, so he had like a Taken thing happen to him where he thought he was going to get a phone call and instead of, <laughs> he decided to make a TV show. He called up some friends and he said, let's make Alert Missing Persons Unit. Actually, yeah, Tyron Turner, someone he's worked with for 25 years in the uh, film industry, was okay. like, so it, once, old once he heard this story, was like, you know what, we have a TV show there and thanks to Time Connections, even people that like worked on the Day Shift, the Netflix movie last did you year. Have, did you have any interest in watching this? No, it seemed like every single cop procedural TV show out there. It's not. They really, because yeah. they pitched it to John Eisendroth and he's worked on things like Alias and The Blacklist. Mm -hmm. And I heard those names and I was like, I'm not really into it. Because I've seen both of those, I think like a couple episodes each, but they just are not memorable to me. It is a network show. And you can tell that pretty early on. It's 44 minutes. I only watched the pilot even though two episodes came out because the pilot was enough for me. <laughs> it's called Chloe. And um, yeah, let's just get into it. I believe that this show was created to be watched in the background or out of the corner of your eye. <laughs> really? I made the mistake of giving it my full attention. <laughs> and it's like the show has ADHD. It's an onslaught of just plot, plot, crazy twist, 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 plot. So there's a ton of twists, though. It seems like that would keep your... Well, this is the problem. None of it makes any sense. It's... So I watched it without commercials as well, which was a big mistake. This show actually needs <laughs> commercials. You need I've a chance to heard, breathe. I've never heard of a show that without needs commercials. Without commercials, it's, it's like you're getting punched in the face repeatedly, just with insane logic that doesn't make any sense. You've heard of suspension of disbelief. We bring it up a lot. It comes with the territory with these type of shows. However, don't even try to justify anything that I'm about to tell you because none of it makes sense. Ready? <laughs> okay. Okay, so the Philadelphia Missing Persons Unit leads the investigation on an international terrorist attack. CIA, FBI, NSA, DHS, no. Why None Philadelphia? Of those. Did they say why Philadelphia out of any of the other states? That's where the show takes place. That's where the alert missing persons unit is. Okay? okay. So it, basically, all of those other federal agencies were like, let's let this local kidnap branch handle this huge threat. I'm sure that they have the resources and security access necessary to bring down some Libyan terrorists looking to blow up a stadium full of people. So that we just have to accept. Wait, a stadium full of people? Yes, 50,000 people. Because, yeah, Jamie Foxx was talking about how he, he was he did background research on Amber Alerts, and that's why I thought the name of the show was called I thought Alert. It was a, I thought it was a case by week where you got a missing child, and they would find that child by right. the end of that's, it. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. A normal law and order... Or like an SVU where you see a dead victim and then they figure out what happened. No, the first episode of this pilot for Alert Missing Persons Unit is them stopping a terrorist attack with 50,000 people with no help from any other federal organization. Just, just them. It's as if, like, you, you know how to drive, right? Yeah. Okay, can you go fly that plane to Utah for me? Like, just because they're in law enforcement doesn't mean that they're suddenly qualified to then deal with something so crazy the hollywood reporter compared this to 911, saying that it's just as outrageous as it it is outrageous but partially because the missing persons department isn't even shown to be very exceptional like they, oh, their okay. solved case rate is high but their antics are bonkers these people have no professionality 30 minutes into chloe garber's kidnapping and i'm jumping a lot of the plot here the main detectives nikki mike and kimi stand in the middle of the mpu office and what are they doing you'd think that they would be working on the investigation right yeah. no they're lighting some candles and they're doing a prayer circle wow i mean that's <laughs> and then when they get chloe back the first time yes she's kidnapped twice nikki is so overjoyed that mike takes the opportunity to start singing in the middle of the office same. Wait, what? Yes, starts singing, gets down on one knee, and asks her for her hand in marriage. 
This is the same day that she just got divorced. Did I not say that? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Stop. Stop. Are you serious yes. right now? But speaking of her divorce, her ex, Jason, played by Scott... Scott Kahn. Scott Kahn. Uh, he quit being a cop a long time ago. He pops into the MPU like it's his fucking timeshare and interrupts everyone applauding the new happy couple. And he says... I was just about to whack off at the sperm bank before I got a text from our dead son who was kidnapped six years ago. I'm back in. Let's find Keith. So they're in the middle of this investigation. <laughs> they have caught or they have Chloe back and they have these okay. terrorists. In- wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I know you're recapping yes. everything. Yes. But just to stop for a yes. second. You have a cop, Nikki, right? Nikki is the main leader of the precinct. She's the one that was proposed to. She was the one who was proposed to by Mike. On the same day yes. that she got divorced. And uh, then yeah, th- that morning she they finally signed the paperwork. After, oh, like, so it finalized. Okay, yes. yeah, okay. And then Scott Con walks in. James that's her. Grant. That's the other love interest. Her ex, yes, Jason. And says basically, let's just go solve this crime. He was he was at a sperm bank. He or, or, or a doctor. He was he was giving his sperm so he could find out what was wrong with him. Yeah, right. Okay. And uh, very similar to what show that we did. 911 was it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he was in the room. He gets a call from his daughter at first, his adopted daughter, and uh and that's awkward. And then we see him get a call or a text right afterwards from a random number and it's a picture of a kid holding up a newspaper. And we know already that his son Keith was kidnapped 6 years ago. And so he sees that and he runs on over just as his wife is getting proposed to again by another <laughs> dude and says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa I got to interrupt this for a second. Yeah. <laughs> okay any did, questions yes did, did you recognize where nikki parker was from uh no i wasn't even paying attention <laughs> yeah. dania ramirez she was in sweet tooth she was one of the main characters in that and then you also have uh ryan brosard he played mike sherman he was he played uh the character in only murders in the building martin short's son i'm telling you this plot moves so quickly that you're not even paying it the only person i recognized was scott because <laughs> of hawaii Five-O and entourage but nikki uh, immediately looks at this text situation and she's, she brushes it off as a hoax, as if it's normal for people to receive pics of kids <laughs> These holding a newspaper. don't make sense. Yeah, in some hotel room that resembles your son and just say, no, that's, that's fake. And so Nikki also dismisses Chloe's parents earlier in the episode when they want to see their daughter's abduction video while also hounding them about who would want to take their daughter. Well, maybe if you showed them the video, they would recognize (laughs) someone. Anyways, and it's only like two guys jumping out of a van with guns, grabbing the girl as she's leaving school. It's a a very strange kidnapping. Like that's not the type of Amber Alerts that we're used to getting. Usually it's like the estranged father or or, or like mother, someone who doesn't have custody of the kid. It's like run off. Not, not a terrorist group. Anyways, Jason doesn't leave. He stays in the MPU and like no one cares, right? He just starts picking up files. He doesn't work there. And they have less stringent security than like you would see on Sykes USA, right? Where Sean would just like walk around. That's basically what he's got. So, ba- so he, this he text, asked Mike's for one. What this text was yeah. basically a pass. We're past the text at this point. Yes, I know, but that's the reason why he came into the place in the first place. Yeah, right? to say, hey, look, I found our dead son, <laughs> and he uses that as a reason to start like working there. And, and no, 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 he's by. just he's just like hanging around. He's just like I don't know what to do now. So he picks up one of the case files and he starts looking at Chloe's case file. He then sees that right now the terrorist is, or they don't know they're terrorists yet. They just know that they're kidnappers. Right. So he sees that one of them is being interrogated, and he thinks. Well, I could do that. So he walks no, right into the interrogation no, room. No, I hate it when shows do this. He, he doesn't work there, though. I know. He walks into the interrogation room. And he says, I recognize that ring from when I was working as a private contractor in all these wars. 
you're from a terrorist uh, sect in like um, Libya. That is quite a jump to make. <laughs> yeah, and he even knew the name of it, and I wish I wrote it down, but I oh, it's triumphant. That's what. It is. So he's from the triumphant terrorist group. <laughs> in true terrorist fashion, this guy looks right at him and he says. I failed, but the kidnapping will succeed. So then cut to Nikki is about to return Chloe to her parents when two undercover terrorists, like one is just holding a bag of groceries and the other one is just like opening the door for an elevator, attack her in the elevator. <laughs> one of them dies because Nikki is already shown to be a badass. She's supposed to be like the John Wick character. We saw her jump from like a third story or second story hotel room building into a- That uh, was that was her first day. Yeah. And then after that, we saw her beat up this one and kill, and kill one of the goons and then the other one gets away with chloe though right before she gets into the elevator though she knows something's up because she gets a text from jason who has heard this information and knows that chloe is still unsafe and all it says in the text is they're coming <laughs> it doesn't say more terrorists are after chloe it just says they're coming jay as if they previously <laughs> discussed this and then, <laughs> then chloe's parents reveal that their daughter getting continually kidnapped is not a coincidence, believe it or not. <laughs> so Roger, her dad, actually works for a shell company that actually poses for the CIA. So he's the guy who would choose who to drone in other countries and kill. What? So why, no, 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 my question is this, why isn't the CIA, CIA on this? If he works for the CIA and his daughter's missing, why aren't they the people yeah. in control of this? No, he goes to the MPU. And, and the MPU approaches this very strangely too, because instead of trying to contact the CIA and being like, what can we actually ask this guy? Is there some sort of like uh, stage of command here that we should be following? No, Nikki's like immediately, she says, as, as the unit commander or whatever she calls herself, I'm going to need you to reveal all the people you killed. Write them down for me. <laughs> That's not privileged information. <laughs> Knowing the assets or targets of like terrorist groups that were killed by this dude. It's weird. Anyways, he comes in and eventually gives her that information. But pause. Chloe can wait. Fuck Chloe. We got a lead on Keith. Kimi has played that Google Maps game. Have you ever done this where you like take a picture and you try to figure out exactly where it's from? You see the mountains, you yeah. see the layout, you see like identifying landmarks. Well, this doesn't have any of those. It does have the mountains in the background and she uses that to like grid off exactly the hotel room that he is in Vegas. Hmm. So Philly to Vegas is actually a five hour plane ride. I looked it up, right? The next second, like the next scene cut away is Nikki and Jason both breaking down the door in Vegas to get into the room. They're already there. They... They're in Vegas. They've, like, <laughs> Chloe doesn't matter anymore, apparently. This is going to take them 10 hours to get back and forth. <laughs> Time not, is not, not of the essence. That, it's not like they got off the plane. They're already breaking down yes, the with door. Yes, with the P PD there. So they, like, worked out an internet. So they worked out, like, a cross-state thing because, like, obviously different police departments and stuff. They break down the door. There's a burner phone on the table, and it rings right at that second. It says... $1 million by the end of business day, if you want to see your son. Or something like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's just my threatening voice. That's not actually how they sounded. Anyways, Jason wants to pay it. He's like, yeah, let's just give it to this fund that can't be traced. And then Nikki's like, I'm still unconvinced that our kid, is, that it's actually our kid. You know? How many, how much more evidence does she need? I don't know. Unless like she's, she's, she's she likes those prayer candles. She's she, just in denial. She, she's been working at the same case for six years. That's why she works the lead at this department to find missing kids because of her own kid. Oh, Jason also takes the opportunity 
to say that he's not actually trying to have another kid with June. So that whole sperm bank thing is actually a big old sham. He's been faking his orgasms. I okay. I do have to say Eisendroth, the person who wrote this show, said he loves soap operas mm-hmm. and he is not afraid to write great love triangles. Yeah, but this is yeah, this is a love triangle. Nikki and Jason start having an argument whether or not a guy can actually fake an orgasm, which seems very important while Keith and <laughs> Chloe are both like their lives are at stake. Jason uses his old contacts at the CIA. We're back to Chloe now. Back to that storyline because they're they, they made their their plane ride back all the way to uh <laughs> Seriously, you could have just had them on Zoom or something watching the police break in. You, they walk into it. I went back to check to make sure that I wasn't mis- misremembering that they actually took that plane ride all the way to Vegas just to see if their son was there. Anyway, Jason makes this connection with the CIA because he used to be a private contractor in Afghanistan to find out the list of people that Roger killed. It's just that easy when you have the right resources, right? And Nikki recognizes the elevator dude by the picture that he pulls up of these different people. The elevator guy is the one that died, right? There were two elevator guys. One got away, and the person who got away is the one she recognizes. And that's the guy in charge. The tech guy, C, downstairs, we see him a couple times. He photoshops some pics of Saad. That's the name of the guy who, who's the evil terrorist. And they, they show that he's dead. Um, they, they, photoshop some, <laughs> they photoshop the pictures of him looking dead. And then they show it to the terrorist that they have in lockup. Right. Yeah. And they say, look, your guy's dead. If you want a good deal, you'll give us the plan because obviously it's not going to go down anyways. And he says, OK, I'll give you the entire plan. And so the entire plan is this. So people just in the show, if they're evil, they just give up the like. Well, things. he thought that it was over. I, I understood right. that part. They tricked him. <laughs> they tricked him. Basically, the plan was that they were going to kidnap Chloe. They were going to put a bomb vest on her, stick her at the underneath the bleachers of a uh, again fifty thousand person concert, which ends up being a Ma- Ma- Mainskin concert. I, I never Ma- heard of Monskin. Yeah. Yes, you have. You've heard of their song. It's Supermodel, and then the Begging. Like I'm begging, oh, right. beg that that song. Yeah, those people. They only use like a snippet of their song, even though they show their faces. So they make a cameo in this show. I don't know if it's just a. It, it, it just might be footage, mm, okay. but that you, you hear the supermodel song go in the background for like a couple seconds while they track down Chloe. They find her almost immediately. She has a full on bomb vest on, right? And she's like nine years old and she's like, oh no, what's going to happen? And Jason calls his old pal back from um, Afghanistan. We saw back in the intro when they were disarming some IED, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones style. And he's a mattress salesman now. And Beck's like, I don't do this anymore. And <laughs> And Jason's like, well, you got it. And then he's like, cut the wires. And they cut the wires. And that's at the same time that Mike is catching Sod because they sent out an Amber Alert or just an alert that said that there's this terrorist on loose. You know, you know what's so odd is that this is like oddly like Rush Hour, the film Rush Hour, where they put a bomb on the girl and the climax is the fact that they have to try and get it off. Yeah. And I think that also dealt with terrorists in some weird fashion. Yeah, and if you think about this terrorist attack and how like it actually is working, they could have killed the reason that they wanted to get revenge on Roger is obvious because he had killed this guy's family or something. Right. But the idea that they wanted to go through this convoluted plan where they stole his daughter to then plant her as the bomb went off as opposed to just kill his family and then set a bomb without any person being it like they wouldn't have had any idea if they had just put the dynamite or the or c4 underneath the stands yeah by itself and then like set it off when the concert began the terrorists may have overthought this one you like they really didn't need to make it as complicated as they did but they stopped the bomb on the girl They kill Saad because he reaches for like a gun or no, he reaches for the cell phone to set off the bomb Mm. and then uh, ring, ring, ring on on Jason's cell phone. 
at that second, as they're congratulating themselves, who is it? Uh, I, I don't know. I Dad? No it's Keith. <laughs> he's on the phone and he's down the street somewhere. He's he's uh, he, He's been missing for six years. They rush to the ambulance and they're like, oh my gosh, son, you're okay. <laughs> and Keith comes home. There's no questions asked. He doesn't have to do any interviews or anything. He just comes straight home. <laughs> Except... This kid is a little fairly too well-adjusted. He's a little too happy. And I think we're dealing with a changeling scenario. This is fake Keith. And he's convinced everyone that he's real Keith. Or maybe he's just real Keith and he's ripping up a journal for fun. But he has all these facts about Keith, which may have actually been from Keith. Uh, or that he had okay. written down hearing. But like, or, or they also make it seem like maybe he was just obsessed with the case. We really don't know who this kid is. But now he is living in their house and... It's creepy, and now Mike is also very jealous of Jason because because they have Keith back. Him and um, Nikki are going to be spending a lot more time together because their son is back, and so the proposal that he just went through is probably not going to be as effective. And um, well, and I'm yeah. assuming that's where it ends. Like you said, the first two episodes came out. The show did something very odd. So after they wanted to premiere it after the NFL game, I got that for viewership ratings. But then instead of just doing two episodes or waiting the eight days because it's usually going to premiere on Monday, they decided to just premiere the first episode on Sunday. Then the next day, they decided to premiere the second episode, which was just such an odd decision i so it wasn't back to back no it wasn't back to back. all right well then i'm happy that we're doing it this way because again i was i I just couldn't make it through another one of these episodes there's just too much information going on and i'm sure if i'd seen the second one i would have not been as fresh with a lot of the events from this episode from what i understand about the second episode the craziness even ramps up there's no, a pool scene it's impossible i know i know that you were talking about how like uh nikki she jumps off of a balcony and i said that was the first day i meant that that was dania ramirez's first day that's the first thing that like they shot but at the same time that's something that i didn't i barely even brought up i skipped over it originally because it doesn't appeal to the lunacy of the show it's just like yeah you see that on cop shows sometimes they do these crazy stunts that's to be expected what's not to be expected is like this is the missing persons unit and they concentrate half of their time on a personal case to them as opposed to like the whole precinct does it doesn't just like chloe is just left in the wind for 10 hours as they go to vegas well it seemed like the reason why they called the alert was because of the fact that the kid was in trouble that's probably the reason why they put the kid there they shoehorn the alert system just to say oh we're using it when they catch sod at the end and that's where the difference comes into play because when jamie fox was describing this show he made it sound like the alert system or the amber alert situation that they had going on was going to be the main reason for the show like not a lot of people know what goes into it and that's why i thought that yeah that's why i thought it was going to be called amber alert or it would be a better name than just alert but mm. it sounds like they're not even doing that here i know that the hollywood reporter it's got negative reviews i'm just gonna get that out of the way it, it, well, do you want to hear my pros and cons uh yeah my pros yeah. are this it's 44 minutes so it's it's short um <laughs> for a drama it's packed so like you're never and in the background it might actually make some for some pretty entertaining things because you will have laugh out loud moments with how ridiculous just in short spurts you will get it. That's if you exactly, look exactly your thing. That's but, what the rap said. It says it's not a great time when a fast paced forty four minute network thriller still leaves you important to get good stuff. But it says that you can like laugh out loud at any moment. Yeah, it's hilarious points. in the right mood. Not necessarily because they're make cracking funny jokes but just because of how like this got filmed how did this get made the cons though is it's nonsense it's putrid nonsense nothing about it nothing about it makes any sense don't apply any critical thinking towards it 
And for that reason, I was originally thinking to give it a two out of 10, but I, I because of the funniness of how ridiculous some of this stuff is, I'll give it a four out of 10. That's like La Brea for me. Like I, how just like you can watch it and it's just complete in unintentional I'll, comedy. I'll put this up against La Brea and I'll tell you that this is going to beat it. Just this pilot really? alone. Think about it. The kid who we see, okay, the, I, I, I didn't include the first scene because I didn't care about it too much, but we see Jason's introduction. He's in Afghanistan kind of like an Echo 3, but the place that he's in, I think it's Kandahar. Jason and Beck are taking out this IED. It's the slowest IED of all time because it does end up going off, but they're able to put on a bunch of gold bars and like stop it for a couple seconds and run out of the entire building before it explodes. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they should all be dead. But then he gets a ring ring call again. And this time it's from Nikki back in the US. And she's like, our son has just been abducted. And then I'm like, oh, and that's when the intro plays. And you're like, okay, well, this is going to give us full information on what happens there. Six years later. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 trolling you a bit. You can tell the show is trolling you a Variety bit. Variety criticized the story, but they did compliment the acting. I mean, the acting. Ooh. I mean, I, I, I'm i not going to say anything about the acting, but right. it's not great. It got 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 6 on IMDb, around 300 reviews. So I think that people are pretty much in alignment with what you're saying here. I tried to figure out how many episodes it was going to be this season, but I guess I think it's impossible when it comes to cop shows. Probably around 20, I would guess, but I don't know. You know, Angie Tribeca, when they, they could have made this a full-out comedy. And it probably would have been closer to that than any network show that I'm seeing. Thinking about the lack of attention to like the details and it, this was clearly either written by people who didn't care or don't know how agencies run. I guess the second one, don't know how agencies run. I, I, it really made it seem like they just didn't care. Like they didn't even really try. But um, yeah, yeah, that's to, what... yeah, to end it off, the show was shot in Canada, mm -hmm. uh, Quebec, Mo the greater Montreal area. And it started in September. Not in Vancouver? No. Usually it's always in Vancouver. And it and uh, filming started in September 2022. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's all I've got to say. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye.